Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am your host, Shelby Rose, and today I have a really incredible, epic conversation with Melanie Ann Lair. And so for those of you who don't know who she is, I'm going to share a little bit of her story, her journey before we dive into this episode in case we don't cover all the bits and pieces in this episode. So Melanie is the founder of the Alpha Femme brand. She is known for her unique approach to feminine leadership, wealth, and energetics. But this is not where her story began. After a bankruptcy that left her sleeping in her car, Melanie took her first life coaching call from the front seat of her Honda Civic in 2013. It was a journey of evolution and growth. But since the creation of Alpha Femme in 2017, her brand has generated over 20 million, and I think there's an update, $21 million, and with over 600% growth from year to year. Consistent million-dollar months since November of 2020, and now celebrating a million-dollar week. Melanie's shift is a testament to her work and teachings that now serve women all around the globe. Her revolutionary teachings are taking the world by storm. With no website, no viral YouTube channel, no world-renowned podcast or best-selling book, her unconventional approach to the online world has left many puzzled and so many more excited and magnetized. She celebrated her clients who calibrate to six and seven figures every day, but beyond that, she celebrates her life, their sovereignty, their stories and their womanhood. Together with her clients, the Alpha Femme brand has raised multiple six-figure contributions to causes close to Melanie's heart. It isn't possible to describe this woman accurately in a short biography. She is a mystery that pays to uncover. She will make you feel, she will help you evolve, and she will inspire you, inspire you to soar. And I read this to you because this is the beauty of the conversation Melanie and I have on today's podcast. There is a frequency in her words. There is an energy behind what she says. And if you listen with not only your mind, but your heart, you will have an energetic shift today. This conversation will impact you on a cellular level. And I think this is the beauty of the work that Melanie does and the teachings that she brings to the world is that it's not just about the mind, it's about the whole energetic 
embodied experience. So before we dive into today's episode, I have two quick announcements. Number one, my program Energetic Mastery is dropping this week. I'm not sharing details here. If you want to be the first to know about what this program entails, sign up for the waitlist that is linked in the show notes and you will get first access to the details and a special offer. Number two, (laughs) the portal is open for enrollment. So if you've been feeling called to work with me, get into my energy, and you want to test the waters, the portal is a really beautiful container. There's going to be a ton of absolutely amazing teachings. I'm so excited to bring these teachings to all of you, and it's a really accessible affordable way to work with me. So both of those are linked in the show notes. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for being here. I am so incredibly excited to share you with the Razor Vibration podcast audience. Um, Usually how I start things off here is I just ask you to share a little bit about who you are, your story, your journey, and where you're at today. So I would love for you to share with the listeners where you started and what you're celebrating right now in your business. Oh my God. This is, it just, oh, are we good? We're good. <laughs> okay. It said recording stopped. Okay. We're good. Okay. So, oh my gosh, this is a big question because my journey, although it is not all that long, it, there's so much that has changed over the course of this journey of mine. So I could start at a hundred different points in time, but what, to give you the short version, I really became a coach by accident. I started my personal development journey in order to help myself because I was going through some really difficult things in my life and it just seemed everything was falling apart. So when I realized that I was the common denominator of everything that was not working, I started looking for support. Now, unfortunately, I will always remember the first thing I ever wrote to ask for support. I was sitting in the front seat of my Honda Civic that I was sleeping in in the parking lot in winter at that time. And I was furious at my ex-boyfriend that I held responsible for so much of all of my anger at the time. And I Googled how to make your ex-boyfriend cry on Google. Like that's the kind of person that I was. Like I just wanted vengeance and I wanted, I just needed to know that I wasn't sad alone. And I was just so angry at everything. And I just remember being sitting, sitting in my car and the answer on Google that showed up was like, have the relationship you want. And it was this course by a woman called Rory Ray. And it was like, how is Google not even able to tell me there's another crazy person on the planet that wants to make their ex-boyfriend cry? Like I was so ashamed of myself and embarrassed. I'm like, even Google's like, I don't know what you mean, but maybe try something a little more positive. So I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So I started, (laughs) yeah, like let's go here. And, um, I just started like reading about like how to, how to be the one, you know, how to, how to, have what you want, how to do it. And I was like, why have I never been looking at this kind of thing? So I started listening to Tony Robbins and Abraham Hicks and just really diving into, you know, the secret, like, what is it that I'm missing? And I started really living my life by these principles. Even though I was sleeping in my car, I had absolutely no money. All of a sudden I started feeling different about myself. I started feeling better about myself. Um, Forgiveness started to come realizations about my behavior. And I really like took my, my, life force energy back 
And it was this feeling of no matter how bad everything was, and I had no access to any resources, I was still just as alone and still as broke, but somehow my experience of life had just changed. And I just remember there was this, this night, a friend of mine called me, I hadn't spoken to her in such a long time, and she was telling me about everything she was going through. And I basically shared with her what I'd been doing. And she was just floored. She was like, you have a talent for this. A few days later, she called me back. She was like, I had the discussion that you suggested. Like, everything is so different in my relationship. A few days later, she called me back again. She was like, I am freaking out. You've changed my life. And next thing, it was like, I have friends that want to hire you. And I was like, I don't, I can't take a client. I'm sleeping in my car. I don't even know what you mean. What do you mean hire me? She was like, you should be a coach. I didn't even know what that was. Wow. So again, good old Google. I, I Googled on my HTC touch at the time. Uh, what is a coach? How much does a coach make? And it was like coaches range from like a thousand to $3,000 a month or an hour or something. And I was like, but there's no qualifications. It's just life coaching. And I was like, I can't do that. I, I feel like an imposter. I just can't. Mm -hmm. So I told her I can't, I cannot do it. And she was so persistent. She's like, they just want to pay you. You tell me how much it is. They want to get on the phone with you. They're going to pay you. And I was just so stressed. I remember I took my first hundred dollar coaching client from the front seat of that Honda Civic. And I built a six figure business from that car. And then I just started being a nomad and traveling. I met Kevin who's my fiance. Now we fell in love. And I started just as a coach in part, like either on the phone at first, I was the invisible coach. So it was just one-to-one -one referrals only. Then eventually I started meeting my clients and that kind of happened. Um, I got onto Facebook in 2016, invented the Alpha Femme brand in 2017, had our first million dollar year in 2018, 14 minutes before midnight, we crossed that million. Ooh, and, bloody chills. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just been just the journey of a lifetime. The next year after that was a $2.5 million year. Last year was an $8.5 million year. And we were, just crossed $20 million for the year this year. So over $30 million in the last, you know, three, four years since the the beginning of alpha femme and it's it honestly it blows my mind because it was not supposed to happen and then it did so i believe in anything now wow wow and you know i think there's so many things that we could dive into but one of the things that's really sticking out to me is how you started and you said that was the type of person i was right i was the type of person who yeah. wanted vengeance and wanted or you know that that anger. And one of the things that drew me into your world is how you can feel this kindness and this love just radiating from you. You treat people with this respect, even if you don't know you're doing it, right? Like people can feel that about mm -hmm. your energy. You have this warmth and this love and this, it's, it's, there's a realness about it that is tangible. Well, that means a lot to me. That means a lot to me. And you know, I think the reason it happens is just, I met myself at the ugliest mm. and I forgave me. So if I could forgive me, who's the one who has caused me the most pain with my ugly and my anger, then what, you know, what is another person going through a hard time have on me? Like I was able to forgive the most hurtful person in my life. So... <laughs> That's incredible. And I think that's a thing that stops a lot of people is like they see who they want to become, but they have all the evidence of who they've been in the past. And so my question for you is how does someone move through that besides the forgiveness? And was there a process for you or is it something that just happened as you continued to show up? How do you start to 
bring in the identity that you want to become? I feel like for me, the answer, and I always speak about me and my opinion, because there are so many perspectives in the world and so many different ways work for so many different people. But for people who align with this and who are like, oh my gosh, this is what I've needed to hear. This is how I've felt about it. I am on a journey of evolution and growth and it will last my whole life. I, I will never get to a place in my life where I'm like, that's it. I've made it. I have conquered the human existence, the end. Like I, that's <laughs> not going to happen. So because it isn't, I've got to make peace with the fact that either I'm never going to be enough or I'm constantly on a journey of growth and evolution. I have to choose my narrative because they're both exactly the same truth, just told differently. So I decided to be on a journey of evolution and growth over a lifetime and to not beat myself up for anything I was in the moment because it meant nothing considering the fact I'm already changing. So it's kind of like by the time I'm something, it's already not me anymore. It's a byproduct of who I've been. So if I look at it and I don't like it, as long as I raise the bar in my life, next time I stop and look, I should be further ahead. It should be better. I should be stronger. I should be wiser based on my core beliefs in life. So there was this moment for me when I was sleeping in my car where things were really bad and I was really asking myself, and I think a lot of us do this, like, why is this happening to me? Because, you know, I, I describe myself now as that kind of person that wanted revenge, but I if you would have asked me back then what kind of person I was, I would have told you, I give everything to everyone. Mm. I put everybody first. Like there is not a question, no matter what it is, time, energy, money, resources, support, help, kindness. I give everything to everybody. And that is what caused the bitterness that created the anger. Mm. And I was so afraid that anyone would really know my my motives of why I was the way I was, which is to try to eradicate this anger, to try to make myself necessary or needed or wanted. And whenever I fell short or when people didn't make me the priority of their life, I felt bitter because I made them the priority of mine. So I was very angry and it felt like I'd broken everything down. And I had this thought as real as if someone were sitting in the car with me and it were like, the thought was like, what if one day you become one of these people who like lived in their car and then become this huge deal and speak on stages and help people from the story. How will you want to say you live these times in your car if you end up speaking about them on a stage? And it was this like radical self-responsibility moment, almost like I used to feel this when I was a little kid. You ever watch the Truman Show? Yes. I just watched it for the first time this past year. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you watch that movie and all of a sudden you feel like it's possible, like everything's fake and the whole world's watching you. For a, for a good while, I remember being a kid and coming down to breakfast and my, my brother bugging me and me being extremely nice out of fear that this was on national television and the whole world could see it. <laughs> like it, it warped my mind a little bit. And I remember having that feeling in that car, like what if I were to live this chapter of my life like the whole world is watching, like it matters? Like one day I really do tell the story Mm -hmm. because if I'm disappointed with everything I do here and one day I have to tell the story and I'm embarrassed about the whole thing, then what a shame. So I started just living my life like it was a movie. Every beautiful thing I could see, I captured it. I I even said like, when I cry, it's going to be a beautiful sadness. Like when you watch a movie and the woman's crying in the bathtub, it's a beautiful sadness. It's artistic. Mm -hmm. I found art in my pain. I found beauty in every little thing I could find. And I literally just decided that if I were to ever be someone talking about those times, those times would be 
something I was proud to talk about and not something that I was ashamed to talk about. And that changed everything for me. So if you're going through a time right now where everything's so terrible and you're looking at your life and you're like, oh, there's one point in common and everything that's not working, it is me. It is me that the clients, the men, the friends, the, the, the everything I've got is not what I want. Like I'm the one, like it's me. Well, if you end up having everything you want one day, that means the journey between now and then is your movie, is your story, is your book. So what's it going to be? Wow. Just soak that in for a minute, right? Like, yeah. how are you deciding every moment? And I think that's, that's the part I feel many people get caught up on, including myself, is the, well, I'm not there now, right? It's the, well, it looks messy now. It doesn't look the way yeah. I thought it would look. It, I, I'm not where I thought I was going to be. And there is beauty in the discomfort, in the chaos, yes. in the, the pain, in the whatever it is you're experiencing. And, and that, that's so interesting that you said that because it was actually a moment I had this past week. I was like, you know, moving through a breakup and a lot of things have shifted in my own personal life. And just seeing those moments of being on the floor, like, oh my gosh, this heartbreak. Yeah. Actually kind of beautiful in a way because it's the human. It is. And you watch a movie, you pop, okay. Imagine you walk into a movie halfway through the movie. How much sense does it make? None. (laughs) So why do we expect halfway through our movie that it's all supposed to make sense? It doesn't. We're in the middle of the middle of the plot. Like it doesn't make sense. Oh my God. But if there was no crying scenes in the movie, if there wasn't a scene of sheer heartbreak that takes your breath away or a moment of fear or bliss, or if there weren't all these different emotions in the movie, the movie would suck. Like we need emotion in order to be alive. So these sadnesses, they stretch us, they grow us, they stretch our heart. They make us aware of our life. They make us grateful for what we have. They make us sad for what we've lost. And then the cycle of life continues. But at any still moment in your life, when it's not making sense, you just walked into the movie halfway through. It's like, of course it doesn't make sense. It will make sense at the end. So don't pray for it to make sense. Hmm. Oh my gosh. And it's like, if you try to make sense of it in the middle, or you try to skip over the hard parts or the painful parts or the discomfort, it's like, you're missing the movie in itself. And Completely. I think- that's something that you do so beautifully is like living your life and living those moments in between as someone who's watched your, your journey and your story, you're, you're living every moment. And yeah, it's like, I'm a work of art and a work in progress all mm-hmm. at the same time. So stuff is beautiful. Stuff, stuff is chaos. Some of the chaos is beautiful. It's all just happening. So what's the best I can do with what I've got? Cause the real, the real question is just, I'm here now. So now what? Hmm. I have a question about how, so for those of you who haven't kind of, this hasn't clicked yet, Melanie, you lived in your car and you were, there was a period of time where you didn't have a home, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you had this glimpse of what the future might hold and what your story would look like. How did you hold that belief when nothing really made sense? How did you keep yourself moving forward and and living your life to the fullest when it was in the middle? So 
So first of all, I need to preface this by explaining because a lot of people, and I, I can completely understand now how much of my life has been re-pieced together and how much my family is a part of my life. It's almost impossible to imagine that there was a time that I was there because it's like, how could you be there if you've got all this family, right? Mm. Um, so what happened, first of all, is I, this boyfriend that I had been with for like seven years was not the right boyfriend. And he had done many things that were not nice. And I'd cried to my family one too many times. And they were just so sick of him. And they were just like, you need to break up with him. Like, you just need to break up with him. And I was so sick of being told what to do and all the things that I had a very arm's length relationship with my family. If I could help them and I could be of value, I would show up. And if I was going through something or things were hard, I would completely disappear. And they were used to that pattern from me. Mm. So... They didn't push it. It was just, they just knew that's how I was. If I'm good, I'm there. If I'm not, I'm gone. And that's just the way it is. Well, when I broke up with this guy after one too many things, he fired me from my job. And this job was a commission only sales job. And it just felt like, even though I broke up with him, he moved on super fast. He started seeing someone inside the company. People were telling me stories. Like I couldn't breathe from pain. Mm. And I also, I didn't, I don't have a high school education. It was like, I need to find another job. What do I do? What I managed to negotiate is I could keep my job as long as I worked 200 kilometer radius outside of my hometown. So I had to go and be alone, stay in a hotel while my sales dropped through the floor. I went from being the top sales agent in the entire world in that industry to literally going I could not sell a thing. I was a human repellent. I would try to get people to my, my booth to sell. They wouldn't even come like two meters from me. Like they would not, I was a human repellent. So my sales dwindled until I couldn't pay for the hotel room. And I just kept thinking, I'm going to fix it. Like I'm going to fix it. It's impossible. Like it's going to come back and it just wasn't coming back. So I, the first night I had to sleep in my car, I was like, this is not going to happen again. It's going to be okay. And then there was issues within the company. They had an issue with payroll and I was supposed to be paid on the Thursday, just a small amount. And then they couldn't pay me and it was going to be the next week. And then they still had an issue. So I literally went without, I literally had just enough gas to turn it on and off to stay in the parking lot. I couldn't even drive home if I wanted to. And I was so embarrassed. And my parents at that point were not, we didn't have the greatest relationship. So it would have been a told you so it would have been, it was not good. And I had asked my dad for support and we were not in a very good place. And he, it was just not good. It was all just, my ego ran the whole show. I was mad at everybody. And I almost hoped at that point that I might freeze to death in the car so people could realize that what they lost. Like I was at that point of martyrism in my life. Like I was the victim of the world in this situation. So I held nothing. I held nothing. I waited till everything fell apart and I had no food and I was sleeping in a freezing cold car and I had no access to any resources and I was completely alone. And then I realized that I was still okay, even with nothing. And the defining moment that changed my life, there was this one night, I think I was honestly, I think I was a little bit high on no sleep, no food, no, like I was just very, I overcried and underfed and like exhausted and, and scared and over emotional. But I had this moment where I was sitting in my car my seat was kind of leaned back and I was looking through the sunroof and it started to snow, huge snowflakes. And I'm just sitting there and I'm crying my eyes out. And you know, it's like one of those cries, like a little kid where you're like, <laughs> like I'm like this in my car. And I'm like in the moon looking at these snowflakes and all of a sudden there's this huge snowflake and I catch it from really far up and it starts to fall down and I'm watching it dance. 
and it lands on the glass in my sunroof and I just watch it, all the little details in the snowflake. And for some reason I got full in my body. Like, I don't know if it was an out of body experience. Like I felt warm everywhere and the gratitude took over my body, like, like a body orgasm. Like I just started crying of joy all of a sudden, like my emotion changed. And I just had this feeling of like the sheer beauty of this moment where I'm in this car and there's this snowflake. And then all of a sudden, it's like I could see my car in the parking lot. I could see me in the car in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, I could see the parking lot. And I could see, it was like this out-of-body experience where I saw and I stretched out all the way until above the city and all the lights. And I saw myself so small in the car and how small this issue was. And when I came back to myself, there was just this like overwhelming gratitude for life with no food, no, no real shelter, no access to anything. Nothing had changed. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in this car fuller than I've ever been in all of my life. And what I realized is I didn't need anything. If I, if things were to stay that way, I'd still be okay. I'd been chasing recognition, validation, love, admiration. And all of a sudden, I didn't need any of it anymore. And I don't know how it happened or why it happened that way. But I just started being extraordinarily grateful for every beautiful thing I saw and every beautiful thing I felt. If I, if I ever had enough money to buy myself a coffee, I cherished every sip. I, I wrote in my notebook so small so I could keep that notebook and, and fill the pages and not run out of it because I used to write really big and skip pages and only write on one side. I wrote really small back to front on both pages. I, I took intentionality to a next level in my life. And instead of believing things would be okay, I knew it. Hmm. It's like you had this shift, this like, just you can't explain it other than feeling source universe energy whatever you believe in like expressed through you yeah and it doesn't make any sense and I don't really know why and you know it's like it was my rock bottom in a sense Mm -hmm. like it was rock bottom and people ask me often do you think people need to hit rock bottom in order to break through and I'm like I don't think they have to but it definitely helps (laughs) like if you're gonna (laughs) hit the rock bottom it's a good it's a good way to do it you know you break through somehow well if if, and this is why I'm so committed to this work now because what I profoundly want is to help people have that shift without having to break down I want to give them that shift that Mm -hmm. heartfelt transformation this like brought to your knees I freaking get it before your half your life has to break down and I've managed to do that with many women which is quite like spectacular Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I think you have incredible work in the world and I would love for you to share a little bit with the audience what it is that you do. Um, I know that's always a tough question to answer, at least for myself it is, but what you do and why you do it. Well, my journey began with life coaching and personal power, like personal reclamation. That's really what it was. Communication, personal reclamation, really finding the gratitude and reclaiming yourself and taking responsibility, radical self-responsibility for every little thing, like really anywhere where you had an energy leak around power, like reclaiming your power. Mm -hmm. And my business was completely based on that for the longest time. And eventually 
you know, when I really understood the dynamics of masculine and feminine, because this took a really big thing for a couple of years, that was my greatest thing is I just dove into masculine and feminine energetics to understand even to the, like the hormones and the energies that we have, like how do men function so differently than women and masculine energy led humans versus feminine, feminine energy led humans. And how do they, how do they coexist? And so when I manifested my relationship through this work, it was like a masterpiece. So I went into relationship coaching and I added that. And it was such an incredible thing to navigate this like personal power with relationships and reclaiming your womanhood and, you know, giving up that mothering energy that we've often been told, taught to have in relationships and claim that muse, that magnet, that like magic on legs woman being the one or the one who got away. Like that was the whole thing in my brand. But eventually my clients loved the idea of becoming coaches and they were like, can you show us how to do that? So I became a coach that helped coaches become coaches. And my business started to take off with that word of mouth and it got kind of amazing. So that's when I started my online business with Alpha Femme and created the Impact Academy. And that was my first program where I was helping women create impact and influence and grow coaching businesses. And as my, the energetics kind of happened, I realized the ones that weren't succeeding were the ones that were all in this masculine driven, like I'd done all the right things. Why isn't it working? And I was like, I don't feel your heart. Like, why do you want to do this? And like really digging in with them, their identity, their woman, like who's the, the it factor, the person, the magic, the source inside that makes this work. It's not just, oh, I want to be a coach, like one, two, three, go. Like, where's the, where's the depth? So really getting that depth with women. So it was this feminine part with the business part. And it really, my private clients were just having extraordinary results. I created this program called Femme Fatale. And it was my first like walk into feminine energetics and it, it just spread like wildfire. That was the beginning of my business taking off. And it, it really just, it was my first signature program that really took off. And then money started being a thing in my world. And I had this huge download in the summer around money. It, it just, in the middle of the night, four nights in a row, I woke up with this stream of consciousness around money and I created this program called Exponential Wealth. And the month I created Exponential Wealth and lived by the principles, I had my first $150,000 month. So I went from $50,000 month teaching, teaching embodiment and feminine energetics to $150,000 the next month when I started living by my money principles that came through for me. So I started teaching this Exponential Wealth program. And these were my three programs. And eventually people wanted to know how I was using social media. So I created a program about that. People wanted to know how I lead. So I taught people about that. People wanted to know how I sell. So I created a program about that. So really what I do is I help women find their power, like their real, real source energy power in their soul, their magic, their beauty, their, their connection to why this matters. So they can live a life that is so full that it takes their, their breath away. Like, their connection with their family, their kids, their husband, themselves, like just joy, beyond joy. And then that they can create something that's an extension of their purpose so that they can set themselves free financially. They can set themselves free, their partners free from having to provide their, their family, their lineage, and to create something that's meaningful that lasts even longer than their lifetime if they want it. So every single thing it takes in order to create that from nothing, from scratch, just with relationships and true energy, that's what I do with women. Full body chills, full body <laughs> chills. <laughs> you can tell when someone like is so co deeply connected to what they do in their work because it just, you feel it. 
And, and when you speak about what you do, it's like a full body activation, just hearing you talk about your programs and what you do and why you do it. It's, it's it's beautiful. Um, And I think this is one of my favorite parts about the work that you do it and people who really work with the energetics. I think it's a very um, new approach to business and at least in the past, you know, decade, probably. Mm. And I think it's a very feminine approach. And I think it's, it's beautiful to hear about because we see so many people who are successful by the old paradigm. Yes. And you're an example of someone who has applied these energetic principles, this understanding of heart centered leadership and had this, you're not only successful within your own world, but you have created a whole network of leaders who are creating a legacy for themselves. It's incredible. It's incredible to watch and witness. I know I'll be a part of your world one day and it's just, (laughs) I will. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's, it's what I think we came here to do is, is the feminine energy and you're such an embodiment of that. Thank you. That means a lot. You know, I've, I've seen the masculine paradigm at work and I think that it's a masterpiece for the people who are really in alignment with that energy. It's the most effortless thing to just be led by desire to succeed and achievement and success and, you know, just jump from, from success to success and really be calculated and mathematical in the way that you do things, create a sense of you know, expertise or like really be dedicated to your craft and get the right grades and the right mathematical equation for success. Like the people who are capable of doing that, I admire so greatly because it is not a skill that I have. What I love about the feminine energy though, is it's a new paradigm that's emerging and it's giving permission to all the people who are not that way to still have a right to succeed. Because since I am a little girl, I do not fit the masculine energy paradigm. I could not sit and do homework. I could not sit in a classroom and listen to a teacher and remember what the teacher said. I could not do it. If there was no connection to my heart, I couldn't do it. Mm. But my mom and my grandma still tell a story of I was two years old and they took me in England to the Cinderella show at the pantomime. And I stood up in front of my great grandmother and I reenacted the entire pantomime with my two year old language. I started speaking when I was 10 months old and I, I was two years old and I had all this vocabulary as the first child. My mom, you know, was talking to me all the time. So I'm reenacting this Cinderella pantomime and then the uglies and they did this and the witch and then the, 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 and then the the princess and then, and I reenacted the whole thing and they were in in absolute awe of my memory. And then when you'd sit me in a classroom and try to have me remember the 13 provinces or what the tundra looks like, or what kind of cloud is in the sky, if it's a cumulonimbus or whatever it is, like (laughs) I can't remember a word of it. And I fail every exam and I sit in front of this test and it's like, whatever I write on this page determines whether the, the world says I'm smart or not. And I failed every time, but I could remember words to every song I ever heard. I could, I could draw something from memory that I'd never seen before. I could, I could do things that were so beautiful and none of that mattered. None of that made me intelligent. None of that made me worthy. And it was very destructive for me as a young girl. So reclaiming that art as intelligence, I feel like what I'm doing now is I'm bringing business art to the world. 
there's the business mind and there's the business artist. I'm a business artist. In my world, people feel more. They feel empowered. They grow from the inside. They stand tall. They stand strong. They speak with confidence. It's like magic. It's beautiful. It's depth. It's connection. It's, it's what you'd feel in a good movie or after listening to the best song. I bring art to everything I do and the world changes because it's a completely different place where so many entrepreneurs are feeling lit up for the first time in a long time where it's like, I get to live this business like an extension of my soul, mm-hmm. not the racking of my brain. Yes. And like full body chills again. And I think this is when I first started entrepreneurship that first year, I struggled really, really hard because it was about the goals, the income, the, you know, it was about all the things and all that is amazing, but it didn't drive me. It was not until I had that like actual connection with the message and the impact and the, who am I here to serve? And how is this connected to me and an extension of me that that creativity was able to flow. So I love that you said that because I I see a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of my clients who come to me and they're very much so in that like, okay, I have to check these boxes and I have to hustle and I have to figure out how it's all going to work. And it, I don't think it will work for that person who's meant to be in this creative, artistic, feminine energy. I agree. And And they feel it. That's the thing. It's like, it's this want for freedom and this want for something different without really knowing what it is. And then all of a sudden, it, like when it lands in their feelings of what it could feel like, they're like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the thing that I want. It's like, we're not comfortable in a job. It doesn't fit. It doesn't feel right. So we imagine we've got to be an entrepreneur if we don't have a boss, but then we struggle to do things right, which is why we didn't want a boss in the first place. So mm-hmm. it feels restrictive. And then a lot of people just go back to their job because it's like, if I, I'm, I'm a worse boss than my boss was. I don't let myself have any time off and I pay myself less. I'm going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, until you find this magic inside and this power inside and your unique way, it does sometimes feel like you're just in another job where you're just paid less to work more and constantly competing with everyone. Yeah. Cause you haven't fully fallen in love with the process yet. It's like you haven't the, the creation and the, putting your gifts into the world and the, Ooh, how is this going to work out? How is this going to happen? Like you, you're still in the, the old paradigm. I agree. You're just taking and translating it. And, Oh, yes. Yes. Is there anything else that you, you're feeling called to speak to as far as business entrepreneurship, feminine led energetics? Is there anything that you would want the audience to know. And just so you know, the audience is probably beginning to mid-range entrepreneurs. Okay. So one of the things I feel in the beginning that gets confusing is like, what is feminine energetics? Does it mean you just go in the bath and sing Kumbaya and all of a sudden people want to pay you? Like, (laughs) how do you, what is a feminine energetic? What does it do? How do you have one? Like, what does it mean? So what I have found is that In the masculine energy, it's all about what we do and what we have. That is the masculine energy. What we do, what we have. Attaining things, doing things, like let's go, let's go, let's go, that masculine energy. The feminine is who you are. So the balance in the beginning that's very important as you're building your connection and you're building relationships, because for me it's all about relationships when we bring the feminine forward, is it's important what you do. And it's important to do things. 
but it's never more important than who you are when you're doing it. So if you're doing it because you're stressed, because you want to make money, you do not feel the same to be around as when you're doing it because it's the creation of your soul and you're overflowing with creativity and desire to support. And people might say, no, but I do, I am overwhelmed with desire to support. I just also need to make money to make by the end of the month work. And this is where for me, if you cannot be in that feminine surrender after you've made a move. So for example, you launch a program, you do a masterclass, you, you sell your program on the back end of this amazing masterclass and people aren't buying as fast as you want them to. The masculine energy will say there's something wrong, pull the plug, change the thing, sell again, send another email, do another thing. It didn't work. The masculine energy will, will always say, go do something else. Mm. Now the feminine energetics is like, okay, what are my beliefs about what I did? That it's not good enough, that people don't actually like it. Okay. What would I be doing if people had bought it? What would I be doing right now in my life? If people had bought it's like, I would probably be celebrating. I would be out somewhere. I would be, I would be trusting that what I've done is enough. So, okay, I'm not in feminine energy right now. I'm more in, I haven't done enough. I need to do more. So that's when you're noticing which energy you're in. Are you in the trust and surrender that what you've done is enough? Or you constantly feel like you need to do more. And why it helps to be in a container or a, a coaching program or to have a coach during these moments is in the moment where you realize that you are prone to go and hustle extra when something isn't working, that's where it matters the most that you look at your mind. Like, what does your mind say? Because in your moments of most freak out or most fear is where the inner truth of the real thoughts you really have about what people think about you and your work really lie. So as soon as I've done the big vulnerable thing, I've done the launch, I've made the offer, and now I'm waiting in this limbo, in this void, in this space in between, this is where all my truth comes out. So if I can't handle my truth, if I'm not strong to hold my fears, I am going to let go of the energy and go do something in masculine and kind of let go of this magic that really is the magnetism and, and all the parts in feminine energy. So finding a community, finding a coach that helps you stay in that trust and develop your mindset during your triggered times, that's what makes you stronger as an entrepreneur. Like if you can imagine if Apple released an iPhone and 24 hours later, they were cutting the price of it or saying, okay, actually, if you buy the iPhone, we'll give you a headset for free. Mm. Or, and, then, and then two days later, they were like, okay, we're changing the price again. You'd be like, what the heck is happening? Like we need to know that the companies that are selling are so sure in their price and that they're trusting their move. And I think for me, one of the greatest things about feminine energy is that you've got to trust that the decision you made is the right one and that it's going to be the right one. And you work at that with your energetics and not go into panic mode. And it doesn't mean that you don't adapt sometimes and do things in masculine energy because the masculine is important. Finding that balance is important. But there's a difference between frantically doing more because you imagine it's the only way versus tapping into the feminine, the trust, the fears, and really having an in-depth conversation with yourself. Like, was there something missing here? What's the strategy moving forward if I think I need one or do I just need to breathe? Like knowing how to navigate those two frequencies so you're not always like something's wrong, cancel, pull the plug, change the strategy, do something else, do something more. 
because we lose our connection to our work and the overdoing it. Overdoing it overdoes it. Mm. This was so good. And as you're speaking, you know, it's, I think you have this gift of almost like dropping it into the body for someone. I don't know why when I listen to you speak, it just like clicks and makes sense because these are concepts that I understand, but they're almost like little moments are popping into my mind as you're speaking. Mm. And it's, it's a beautiful reminder of these little breakthroughs that get to happen um, when we're in the energy of someone who is embodying it and who is doing the work and who is showing up for it. We have these shifts and awarenesses. So thank you for that. <laughs> mm, thank you. That's awesome. All right. Well, I would love for people to be able to connect with you and get to know you. And I know you have a lot happening um, in your world all the time. So where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out the most? So I hang out on Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook page is Melanie Ann Layer, And then my Instagram is Alpha Femme. Or I also have a Melanie Ann Layer. I do both on Instagram. And the crazy thing We've built this huge business. We don't even have a website yet. So really the, the way we do it is everything is on social media. Follow me and put C first so that you see what's going on. We do have a new masterclass, like a free one that's coming up. Um, the end of the year is going to be really exciting and potent with things of all kinds of different levels coming through. So it's going to be a really fun time to be connected to me and my work. But the best thing to do is just go and stay connected to the social media because that's where you always know what's coming. Perfect. We will link all of that in the show notes for the listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners are going to take so much away from this. Well, it was my pleasure. I'm so happy we did it. I'm so glad to have connected with you. And you're really good at this. This was really fun. It just flew by. It did. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So thank you for having me.